This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And today, we have... Mr. Ryan Dunn, the director of insurance for Trava Security. They are a cybersecurity firm that I am personally known to, and, and I know them. And I decided it would be a good idea to have them come out of the podcast and talk about what they're doing in the insurance space. And, well, I don't know, probably couldn't find a better person to talk to about that than the director of insurance. So we're going to have spend the next little bit talking with Ryan and learning more about them and sharing what they're doing so that you can reach out if they would be of assistance to your clients. So before we get cranked up, Ryan, give them the backstory. Who, yeah. who are you? Where'd you come from? How did you get to Trava today? And then we're just going to pepper you with questions and see where this thing goes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I love this podcast. I, I love what you guys do. You know, insurance is such an interesting game that we play. I find it, uh, you know, I've been in the industry for eight years. I uh, spent a lot of time in the workers' compensation world. And, you know, we'll we'll dig into a little bit on how that relates to cyber, but see a lot of, I know, David, you and I have talked about this previously, but see a lot of correlation between how, you know, workers' comp used to be that massive door opener opportunity, right? And And now we're seeing cyber become that. So, well, yeah, I'll tell you I, what, man. I mean, honestly, you know, when I talk to people about cyber, yeah, I tell them, you know, you and I. It's funny you even bring this up because we had a video come out this morning about why we lead with workers' comp, and the answer is data. Yeah, it's not because we're experts in workers' comp. I mean, the policy itself is only six pages, so it's not like it's difficult to <laughs> understand how it works, and everything inside of it is statutory. From a sales perspective, we lead with comp because we can get tons of data about it. Yeah. And if you go in and you lead with the experience mod, isn't that essentially the same thing as going in and talking to somebody about a cyber score or a vulnerability score or something along those lines? It's the exact same <clears throat> conversation. Yeah. Just to, excuse me as I choke on my wings. I'm wolfing down <laughs> while I'm eating. Kyle just said, Kyle just sent me a thing on Teams when I bent down so I wasn't, you know, smacking my lips off chicken bones in on video. 
I thought you were just railing a line off your desk. So there we go. <laughs> no, people, we're not running lines of coke in the office or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's frowned upon. Yeah, I'm just I'm just eating a few wings, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it on camera. And those you, the, the the 37 of you who are actually going to watch this on YouTube, get over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I scarfed an entire pizza last week. Yeah, what? but you weren't a, you weren't on video. So there's now, yeah. I, for the, well, I did kill the video for a few minutes, but I came back and I just, <laughs> David, yeah. When people say David doesn't stop, it's uh, true. He he swallows his wings whole on camera, bones and everything. There you go. So anyhow, I, I interrupted you, but I wanted to get that out because I yeah. think it's important for the producers listening to this to understand, even if you don't understand the ins and the outs of how cyber insurance works, you can still take data and have a sales conversation with it. Yeah. I, I, if you have that in your hands, you're, let's just say you're, you're walking into a prospecting meeting and you're at the end of it, or, you know, even in the middle of it, once the cyber conversation comes up and you're able to say, Hey, you know, we were in this non-invasive scan on your company and, you know, we, we found a few critical vulnerabilities. Uh, you know, is your agent currently talking to you about this? Are they are addressing this? After they submit you out to renewal and coming to you last minute trying to fix this stuff, or are they coming to you six months, you know, three months before the renewal process, so six months ahead of renewal date, and being, hey, let's get this stuff addressed now. So just like you said, you don't have to be a cyber insurance expert if you have the data to to make the conversation valuable. I mean, you're just gonna you're gonna win right there. So, and that's something that we're seeing and something that. When I was, I used to be an agent, retail agent. I worked wholesale and retail. And it's something I wish I I had when I was a retail agent. So I think being able to show them like that vulnerability scan or or whatever too is pretty powerful. I mean, most of the time people are going to challenge you and say that, you know, well, we've got security on this and that and we're pretty good or whatever. Be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I remember a couple of meetings we were in, David, early on when we started getting into the cyber and uh just sliding across that <laughs> that that page that's got all their you know passwords and usernames and stuff on it and that that straightens them up in their seat pretty quickly right there yeah I, absolutely i mean I'm, my favorite thing was you know when people every single time you bring up the cyber insurance conversation a huge rebuttal that you get from businesses especially small to medium is oh our data is in the cloud like we're good <laughs> I, I I tell you I heard that every single time like every single conversation yeah for sure um and we don't so store it ourselves. To, yeah if you're able to show them because you know through Trava we have a cloud scan you can say oh your your data is in the cloud you're protected well your cloud environment has public access to it so everybody can actually see what's going on so it's just all about creating that just value right there I mean that's going to change the game for for you. Um, but I, I always would crack up when I would hear that. I'm sure everybody listening has heard that before too. So how yeah. did you get from from dealing in workers' comp and being on the insurance side of the house from an agency standpoint and wholesaler standpoint? Yeah. To doing what you do with Trava now. Yeah, it's actually an interesting story. So I specialized in venture capital, private equity risk. So I would focus on, you know, emerging companies, people that were raising capital. So, you know, a lot of the lines that I was selling were as DNO, cyber, tech DNO. And I was in a conference, you know, funny enough, my, the agency I worked for, you know, they would, they would invest me, but they didn't sponsor me for this one. And I was like, I, I'll bet on myself. I'll go to this conference. So I, I sponsored myself, went to Atlanta, 
uh, Venture Atlanta, if anybody's interested in it, it's a, a great conference. And I met this guy, Seth, who is the principal at High Alpha, which is the venture capital company that backs Trava. And they were, he's like, yeah, we're based out of Indianapolis. I was like, venture capital in Indianapolis. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> that is the most interesting. I, you know, I've stepped foot in Indiana twice in my life. So super interesting. I'm a huge website nerd. So I, I went on their website and I fell in love with it. And I just was constantly on their website. And I, you know, was at my office and I ran across the company Trava and they were looking for somebody that specialized in cyber and, you know, and, you know, I just, I reached out to Seth from a standpoint of, hey, I, I can help these guys out from a consulting you know, standpoint. But, you know, it, it just, the opportunity was too good to, to pass up. So that's how I transferred over. So I think a lot of us now is, is, is producers or agents, whatever we want to call ourselves. You know, we're used to the people, the Corvuses, the coalitions, the yeah. at bays of the world that give you the vulnerability assessment when you, <laughs> when you go out and quote. And when you, I understand that those tools are useful, right? I'm not, especially after I call them out by name, I'm certainly not <laughs> going to make derogatory <laughs> remarks about them. They do have, you know, those tools do have their place, right? Yeah. There goes they your appointment, get... by the way, David. What's that? <laughs> there goes your direct appointment, by the way. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. And so, I, I mean, those things do have a, they, they do have their place, but anytime we bring somebody in, it doesn't matter. You know, we've had several people that are actual cybersecurity specialists, anytime we bring them in, they all do what you did when I started talking about it. They get a grin on their face and sort of chuckle because it's not the same, man. I mean, there's, I'm trying to think of the words. It's just, it's not, you're like, you're talking about apples and Volvos compared to an actual real cybersecurity audit process versus what you're going to get from somebody's root domain on their website. Yeah. And, and it's also the time of delivery on it's a little off. Like, you know, like, like you said, it's fantastic that they deliver that. It's a great value add. Um, but the timing of it and the fact that it's coming from the carrier or MGA definitely makes the conversation a little bit awkward. So, you know, what, what we've seen is a lot of times agents will deliver that coalition report and it's kind of tossed aside or, you know, whoever the MGA or carrier is, it's, it's tossed aside and, and somewhat uh, disregarded or like, yeah, we got an IT staff, we're on top of it. But if you're able to deliver it proactively instead of reactively, it, it makes a huge difference with your logo on it. That's where the value add comes. It's coming from your agency. It's coming from you. And then it has the Trava backing on it. Um, so we've seen a, a big differentiator on that. David, you were saying something earlier, uh, just a second ago, about when you were going on your rant about the coalition and Corvus reports. I'm trying to recall exactly. I, I feel like I had, didn't, haven't even gone on a rant yet. Yeah. I better tone it down a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's the fact that we're, we're using this. I think that the, I want to be careful what I say, but I think that agents have a false sense of security at the depth of what that report really is yeah. in, in the depth of the information that's really on there. Yeah. You know, and look, I love pro writers. I am 100% a massive fan. We use them exclusively in our agency. Mm-hmm. No issues whatsoever with them. But to me, if I were to categorize what the insurance, you know, the insure tech companies that are going after this cyber and, and professional liability, what they're what they're doing versus what an actual cyber 
security audit is, is the yeah. difference between a sales tool and an actual tool to help you risk make you know risk management decisions about your organization. Yeah. And um, like, let's face it, it's a great report, but you know, if you're, so you, you procure the insurance, you get them a quote, you bind it up, but what can you provide from there? Right. And I think that's where agents, you know, run the risk of really opening themselves up to issues. Right. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is they're looking at the reports that we're getting as part of the underwriting process is the is kind of the be all end all of all of the cyber problems that a company could have. When in reality, it's just a small portion of it. That's oh really God. kind of that's really kind of what I wanted to say. I was just trying to frame yeah. my words the right way. So certainly the information that you get is accurate and it's relevant because if you do have a WordPress website and you're not yeah. handling your patches or your you know your plugin updates correctly and all of that yeah people can have access to a whole lot of your stuff oh, by yeah. backdooring your website depending but it doesn't end there i mean that's yeah. just like the tip of the spear yeah i mean you just mentioned wordpress that in of itself so it's it's really tough for uh, these scans that these carriers and MGAs are using to actually get da data on WordPress websites. There's actually a specific scan you need, a WordPress scan you need to get the real data on WordPress websites. If you don't, if you just use the typical external scans based off the IP address, uh, you're just going to get a bunch of like WordPress data back, not the actual company's data. And yeah, you know, it's. It's just an external scan, right? That is the surface level of, I mean, you can tell that it's not really necessarily working because of look at the loss ratios of these carriers and MGAs. I mean, they're getting crushed. You know, the, um, the modern cybersecurity infrastructure is your cloud environment, is your web app. If you're, you know, running a, some type of web app application, it's your third-party applications that you use. That's the data that, these carriers need that's the data that is super valuable and you know we can get into that a second in a second but you know the problem of cyber insurance and these massive losses won't be solved and and carriers ability to properly sell, you know risk select won't be solved until they can get that internal data well that's the whole thing right who what producer in their right mind and i'm throwing you a softball here yeah. okay but what producer is in their right mind is going to approach prospects and then ask them to do something as intrusive as yeah. give a, a cybersecurity analyst access to all of that internal yeah. data, right? Like that's that's why they're not going to do it. Is They'll never do it. They're yeah. going to say in their own mind, well, there's no way. They're never going to let me have access to that or whatever yeah. else. So, I mean, I almost wonder if using the carrier provided stuff is a stair step to set the table for you to come yeah. in and actually do it the right way. Right. And say, yeah. Hey, look, we, you know, we got a couple of, of reports that we can run and we're going to give it to you. But if you really want, you know, the nuts and bolts of what's going on and your real vulnerabilities and things, we have a partnership with yeah, a cybersecurity exactly. firm that has a great understanding and it's going to require a lot more. It's going to be a little bit more invasive. Mm -hmm. But if you want it done right, that's what needs to happen. Then maybe you can soften the blow a little bit. But, you know, I think that we get, again, it's so easy to use what we're given and producers by and large are lazy for the most part until they have a reason to go out yeah. and start writing business. You know, they're, they're just going to take whatever comes to them. I shouldn't say producers, I should say agents because most outside producers are not lazy. 
Yeah. But you know, a lot of a lot of agencies that write the cyber, it's because it's easy to write the cyber. It's not because they're necessarily getting the best information and giving the best advice. It's yeah. oh, look how easy this is. We can answer five questions and get a bite. <laughs> Great, what's the, what does it cover? I mean, you know, it. But David, you, you did kind of pass me a softball there. It's this is what I love. What we're doing, I you know, I truly believe Trava is changing the dynamic of cyber underwriting. You're right. No company in their right mind would ever open up their internal cybersecurity infrastructure directly to a carrier. Makes no sense, right? It's like, yep. you know, uh, if you look at all other lines, say property or general liability, who is collecting the info, right? The agent is. The agent is saying, hey, I need these de- data points. And then I'm going to wrap it in a nice bow and I'm going to pass it off to the carrier, right? In cyber insurance right now, it's that direct carrier to client scan. It'll it'll never work. And so, uh, you know, we realized that and created the our, our agency platform to allow agents to, you know, with Travis partnership, dig into the internal infrastructure, understand, okay, this is the internal data that carriers and MGAs are, are wanting that will impact their the client's insurability percentage. It'll impact their pricing. It'll impact their coverage, right? I can, I can go to battle for them. Um, and so if we give the agents the power to be able to collect the proper information from that internal infrastructure and then pass it off to the carrier, that's where the W is. So we're working with you know, some some larger agencies and some of uh, the very well-known carriers in creating that connection. So what does that look like for the agent? What's that user experience on their end? Yeah, so uh, on the platform, it's super simple platform and it's multi-tenant, right? So that means that you can invite the IT staff or the external MSP into the platform and they can just put in the credentials that are needed. They're called viewing credentials. And from there, you know, Trava has identified what the data is that the carrier is looking for, right? And, and it just pulls that. And, you know, you obviously, with the platform as well, we have something called insurance readiness. So if we identify things that need to be done before going out to market, we'll identify those and put that into a report uh, so that, you know, you do that. Three months, three months before the renewal period, which is another three month period, you get the client ready and then you ship them out to market. Is there particular industries that you find what you guys are doing, you know, having a larger impact? Because I mean, there are definitely some scenarios out there where it is easy to just quote and get something simple. It's not yeah, too complicated of, of a risk. Like, is there is there a, a sector that you guys are playing, you know, stronger? And I'm having yeah. trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, it's like yeah, there are some industries that's just like you know you can go to a pro writers or you know you name it where you can just go through a simple quoting process and just get those quotes right. It's there, there is that you know small business market like that where you just got to click yes on MFA and you basically have a quote. But the sectors that we're seeing need the most help with this manufacturing, any type of public entities, SaaS. Those are going to be huge. Got it. Yeah, I think I think manufacturing facilities, you know, food processing, like big commercial bakeries, things like that, where you have a lot of automated equipment that's driven off of computers. Yeah. Those guys really, unless they're starting to ramp up how much they're talking about it at like trade association meetings and things like that, 
Most of the time, they have no clue that they even have an exposure. Oh, my God. The bigger ones, obviously, you know, they're probably going to have their act together. But, you know, those are like the big national brands, not middle market companies and certainly not small business. And the truth Mm -hmm. of the matter, as you know, is it's the small and medium sized businesses that are the biggest targets for this. Absolutely. Because 84 percent. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there you go 84% I think we yeah. did a uh did a graphic on that if I'm not mistaken we did it we did an excellent video I'm sure it was beautiful yeah Kyle looked like it was one of those, it looked like it was a Taliban video actually. <laughs> it was so bad it was like yellowed lighting in a dark room it was just the whole thing was very cringy it really yeah, that, <laughs> sometimes I watch it just to laugh <laughs> Well, clearly I will laugh at it. I, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I don't know that you'll ever be able to get to it, but I don't think it exists anywhere other than the deep inside the bowels of our website at this point. Yeah, I know that if anybody can, it's probably Trava. So we'll just gauntlet thrown down. Go find it. Hey, Kyle, I see those yeah. golf balls. and Not to completely, yeah. but I see those golf balls in the back. I, uh, If you ever want the smoke, just let me know, man. For sure. I'm not playing so hot right I- I'm only playing like once a month now, which really sucks. Um, so the handicap has taken quite a bit of a beating, but um, I played yesterday, shot 82. It was okay. um, it was not a, a stellar round by any stretch, but I did have an eagle, so that was cool. And uh, took my buddy for 80 bucks, so there we go. I think that's all that matters there at the end. Right. <laughs> Show me the money. I, uh, you know, that, that David, that manufacturing comment you made is, is so true. We had, uh, one of our partner agencies go to a manufacturer and they just brought up Trava in the internal scans that they can do. And the manufacturer is like, wait, are, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, you know, obviously that you speak high level and, and let us fill in the, the rest from there. But, uh, they're like, we, we run this every two years because it costs so much money for them to do it it's basically a, a light pen test right um so they won the client right there off a 20-year relationship just because they could provide that data to them so talk a little bit about that man i mean how do, how do you integrate with agencies how do you yeah. how do they use you like i don't want to get into pricing and all of that but just yeah. i also know that people are going to want some sort of a rough idea on what all that stuff looks like so yeah. Sort of explain what an ideal relationship with an agency looks like from Travis perspective. Yeah. You know, it's um, our, we based our price. We, we actually recently just changed our pricing like last week, but <laughs> we're, we wanted to change it so that it could mold with any size agency and grow with the agency. Right. At the end of the day, the point of our product is to drive more revenue to the, the agency. Right. And so it's a uh, right now it's a, a per client basis. And that depends on the level of scan. So there's like a, a tier structure from there, right? So, you know, the the range of that is, um, you know, we we go anywhere from five grand to there's contracts that are roughly 30 grand, like depending on the amount of clients, right? But as for how agencies partner with us, it's just, yeah, it's they get um, a uh, agency account. And once there, they can add on all their, on all their agents, all their account management staff, and they can just bulk upload all their clients, prospects, whatever they want to do from there. And yeah, it's, it's super simple. They can, you know, what I love about it is right. You, 
you can prospect with it and then you can help your help cross sell. And then you can also help with that renewal process. So uh, there's different, different reports that can be generated from there, but when they add on a client, that client, like I said before, it's a multi-tenant license. You know, the key here is getting the data, you know, as an agent, you're not gonna be a cybersecurity expert. So get the data in the right people's hands. So having that external MSP or internal IT staff onboarded onto the client's environment is huge. Um, and then as an agency, uh, you know, you can pay while that access if you want. We've seen people fee it on policies and or you cannot, you know, you can use that as a differentiating piece to, to grow your book of business. It's up to you. Good deal. So average account size that you see coming in, like where where are you guys seeing the most success for producers who are who are coming in and saying, listen, need you guys to come in. I'm working on this account. Is it are they hiring you on the front end of the deal? Are they representing that they they feel like there are some issues and then they're committing to providing you as a resource on the back end of the deal? Yeah. Are they making an introduction and a handoff to their client to work with you directly? I mean, what does all that look yeah, like? Yeah, it's a little different. So like a lot of agencies use MSPs, right, to try to solve this problem. But what we've seen is that's not working, right? It, it Sure, it works a little bit, but the MSP at the end of the day is trying to get a new client, right? right? So we're, we're a little bit different than that because we're not being hired for like a specific account, right? It's really the agency is adopting it for their whole processes. So they just adopt the solution, upload their clients into the platform. Um, and then as the renewals are coming, they just run the reports on their own. Or as they are going out to prospecting meetings, they're running those reports on their own, generating the report. Um, and then we have a security engineer staff that can assist in delivering that report and explaining it. We also have uh, that security engineer piece is actually huge. Uh, translating that or the client's cybersecurity infrastructure to an underwriter has been a huge value add. So uh, our security engineers will help that. They'll help push back on false positives. So a lot of the times these carriers will say, hey, we saw these open three ports. Sorry, you know, denied. Well, you know, our team will dig in, find the documentation. Uh, we've had this happen multiple times where uh, we have to provide documentation to say, hey, these ports, I know they sit the scan says they're open, but this is what the company says. This is why they're not open. Um, and so having, you know, as an agent, you're typically used to just being at the will of the carrier in this third-party scan that, you know, you just have no control over. But now you have that leverage to just to push back on those false positives and push back on that underwriter. Yeah. I mean, it's no different for everybody listening than what I talk about all the time with what we do with Yellowbird on the loss control side, right? I don't, I don't want to be beholden to carrier loss control reps providing all yeah. of the recommendations to my client because most of the time they're going to show up four to six weeks after the policies in effect, check the boxes that need to be checked. Don't check the ones that don't need to be checked. They write their rec letter wait for you to reply that it's all, you know, everything's in compliance, send documentation if yeah. they want pictures or whatever. And then they're off, they're off and you won't see them again until next year. You know, that's not how we roll, man. We want to invest in our clients. And yeah. I think that the, the probably one of the things that's important is to really understand, you know, what, what clients are worth investing in and which ones aren't right. Yeah. And so, you know, my question is understanding, and I know you gave a range on price point, but I want to back up for a second because I want to have you be able to clarify a little bit because 
I think if I know our audience well enough, they're sitting in the back of their mind thinking, well, wait a minute, I have to pay $5,000 for every one of our renewals that we uh, put into this system. No, that's just an, that. that's an annual contract. Yeah, that's that's five grand for the platform. Right. So right? I wanted to make sure because that's that's what it sounded like coming out. So okay. maybe maybe clarify that a little bit because I don't want everybody running off thinking, well, that's great, <laughs> David brought David brought this dude in here who probably pulled up in his Bugatti to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, hell no. It's not five grand per client. That would be insane. It's yeah. It's five grand for the annual contract, right? That's going to get you five grand is going to get you. Uh, I believe it's a hundred clients and I, and still on like, we don't, what we like to do is we like to delineate between clients and prospects, right? We sure. want to empower you to go get as much business as possible. So we're not going to charge per prospect. Right. It's it's once they're a client, that's where, you know, that counts towards your client count. Right. So, yeah, it's, you know, five grand just gets you the platform, gets you like 100 clients, unlimited prospecting, that type of ordeal. Nice. And so that's a no brainer at that point. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we just did a case study on one of the uh, David, one of the agencies that listens to your podcast. And I know you're friendly with them. And they just explained to us they have a thousand forty five percent. ROI right now with Trava, which is insane. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I mean, I can see it, man, because if you're a producer out there and you haven't connected the dots yet, where this is extremely powerful is honestly in the submission process as much as anything else, because you want to be able to show that you have proactive things in place. You want to show yeah. that you went looking for this stuff before you went to the underwriter and asked them to make a decision on whether or not to insure this company. So yeah. it's really a completely different angle that a lot of your competition, quite honestly, is not going to be doing. Yeah, they won't. I, I mean, there's a 99% chance that they won't. You know, and we're still a fairly new company. We released this product six months ago. Uh, you know, Trava, when I first came on, was actually offering insurance. And so uh, we've done a little bit of clay molding and pivoting. And, um, you know, we, we've finally established our position as an agency enabler. Right, we want to empower these agencies to to go get more business. You know, I do want to back up real quick. You know, I mentioned something about MSPs. You know, it is kind of working, but it's it's not like it does work if the client's willing to move off of their current infrastructure. But that brings in a full new sale that's going to distract them from what you're trying to do. Um, and so, you know, what we've seen. Uh, I just want to clarify this real quick is yes, have that MSP partner in the case that they need to fix these vulnerabilities and they don't have somebody. Definitely have that in your back pocket. But yeah. you know, have the travel platform is more of the not, not tire between all parties, client, agent, in-house, IT, external MSP. And then if you want to bring in an external cybersecurity company as well, you'll be able to use that. We call it the agency cyber insight platform to manage all parties. So cyber is something that's constantly changing. You know, it's something that um, we've talked about a bunch. What what kind of trends have you been seeing? Where where do you see it going over here over the next you know six months or so? Like, what are you excited about? Maybe yeah. the direction that you're going in. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I so cyber has been such an evolving product, right? I I remember when I was on. So when I was on wholesale work comp, we also were diving into cyber a little bit. I believe it was AIG, but it was like a battle of who can ask the least amount of questions. <laughs> it's, 
It was like, all right, you only have to answer three questions to get a quote and it's 250 bucks. And now, you know, obviously we've seen this trend of MFA, EDR, that's kind of worked. MFA is a, is a great, you know, if you're a company out there and you want to start cybersecurity, that MFA should be your, your first move. But where I see it going from an underwriting perspective and something that we're trying to help enable is MFA and EDR questions. Those aren't yes or no questions from a cybersecurity standpoint. They are like, great, you have MFA, but to what degree do you have MFA? To what degree do you have your EDR solution set up to? And so having that question being answered yes and being able to prove the depth of MFA, um, that's where carriers are trying to get to. And we think that's going to be a huge differentiator from not only making sure that you're from an agent's perspective, making sure your clients more protect, like better protected, but impacting their pricing, impacting their coverage. Uh, if you can say, hey, yes, they have MFA and 100% of their employees have MFA enabled on their email address, that's going to be a huge differentiator than if you're trying to bring a, a company to an underwriter and just saying, like, yes, they have MFA, right? So I, I see that trend happening, more of a, a validation data point that's going to be a, a huge difference. Interesting. Yeah, so... Talk a little bit about what you do to equip producers to go out and represent your product. Because, I mean, I yeah. think that's a big thing too, man. With cyber and all the moving pieces and parts and all of that stuff, you have to really under have some level of understanding. And, I mean, yeah. producers are notorious for knowing a few details and then winging the rest. This is not an area where you can do that. Yeah. So I have to imagine you've got some sort of a knowledge base or ongoing educational resources for producers to be able to dive in and really figure out how to hone in their messaging at mm -hmm. the point of sale and know what to promise and what not to promise. Yeah, we, you know, we have, uh, we are big believers in education. Our CEO actually created the uh, cybersecurity program for Purdue, also a former FBI task force officer. If former FBI actually exists, I, you know, we still have yet to discover that, but yeah, we, we constantly are training our uh, partner agencies. We do in-person training. We do internal like webinar training as well. Uh, and we do that on an ongoing basis. Um, and that's anywhere from how to leverage cyber to bring in new business. Right. And so we show them how to leverage the tool to do that all the way to going over cybersecurity basics. What does open port 22 mean? what's important to look at in these types of scans, stuff like that. What's the biggest victory you've heard so far? I mean, I know you mentioned the one as far as the ROI, but has there been an account that you can, you know, recall that where the producer went in, they represented that, Hey, we've really got a great tool in our back pocket and they bring Trava in. And it's just like, Holy cow. Like if we would have waited two more weeks before we did this, it could have been an absolute disaster. Yeah. Any, any stories like that you can share? Yeah, um, you know, we, we've come across that a, a few times where it's like, hey, well, we've, we've had a few different cases, right? We've had some where it's like, hey, they already had a breach um, and they adopted Trava too late. And then once they adopted us, we ran a scan and we're like, hey, you know, we definitely could have identified this. Um, so there's that risk management piece that we get. I would say most of our wins, though, um, are related to 
winning agencies new business, right? They they're able to bring Trava in or represent Trava as their white labeled solution and identify things that this client had no clue about. We had, I just got off the phone two weeks ago with one of our agencies we brought on and he went to this a bank, which I mean, they obviously have to have pretty tight cybersecurity controls now. Um, and they identified a ton of stuff and they were so thankful and they they it was a prospect at the time and they obviously won the the account it's a somewhat of a large bank but which was concerning but um yeah that you know conversations like that get me absolutely fired up it's like are you kidding me like the agent was able to go in there use the scan identify some vulnerabilities leverage our our engineering team and uh and win a, a large client um that's pretty damn cool yeah so Here's my thing, man. Like to me, this is a no brainer and it kind of falls into the flexibility and the beauty of what happens when you're in a fee-based relationship with your clients as opposed to a commission, right? Oh yeah. Because where my mind is on all of this, if I have a single account that has an issue and let's just say the account's 50 grand in revenue, it doesn't have to be, but I mean, maybe it's 25. It really doesn't matter, but, but it's big enough that there's some meat on the bone. And I decide that part of what I want to do is include Travis Security's platform for them. I'm going to line item the five grand and bill it out on the service fee to a single account so that I recoup my money. And then I can use it for everybody oh, yeah. for the year, right? I mean, it's it's no different than me just paying the $5,000 out of the agency. But I want producers to be thinking about this, you know, as a producer should be thinking about things. You know, I, I think that one of my one of my biggest superpowers, but also probably one of my biggest curses. I was talking with my buddy Josh Gurley about this last week, but I've always just said, nah, I'll sell my way out of it. Doesn't matter. Oh, I want that. I'll just go sell another account and buy it. You know, yeah. and I mean, but I think that a lot of producers think that way because we have the ability to do that. We can control Absolutely. how hard we work, how hard we prospect, what we bring in, and all of that. And so the the problem is I think that we've got a, a subset of, of agency principals out there that would look at a tool like Trava because I, I know this because they look at tools like Mineral and Yellowbird yeah. and all of this other stuff. And they're like, yeah, I'm not spending any money on that. Well, that's why you're <laughs> losing accounts to people yeah. who are spending money on stuff like that. You know, and I even made a comment in um, one of the online forums I'm in last week about the fact the days of simply placing insurance and selling it based on price are gone. Oh, Everybody's yeah. shopping at this point, right? Everybody with the economy where it is, is going out and they're looking under every rock for where they can save a nickel. And unfortunately, you know, we love to brag about the fact that the agency, you know, the insurance industry is somewhat recession proof, except it isn't when you're having to front load your costs to acquire new clients and what yeah. you're going to have to deliver in terms of value to keep them. You're actually going to have a little bit more more spend than you would in a market where not everybody is shopping like that. But you know, again, if you're doing the right things for your clients every single day, like you're not just going to go do this because oh, the market's harder. Yeah. Prices <laughs> no, you need to do it go. because you need to identify this stuff for your clients and your prospects on the front end. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally comes down to defense and offense, right? You're not going to win with a defensive mindset. Mindset. You know, it, oh, I'm not going to invest because I, you know, I don't. I'm scared. I'm not going to, you know, recoup my money or whatever. You, you just, you're not going to win with that mentality. 
you know, you need to be looking to invest into products, solutions to to bring more value to your clients. And let's face it, like the insurance the insurance agency world is somewhat of a follower industry. You know, I, what we've seen is like the top, let's just say top 20 agencies kind of set market standards, right? They go, they're going to bring this type of value set to their clients. Um, they start at enterprise level, then they can somewhat scale it to middle business, small business. And then once they do that, then the the smaller agencies who still follow a consultative practice, like they start adopting the solutions. And I, you know, that's going to, frankly, you know, we're, we're starting to partner with some, some large agencies. And, you know, if I was a, a smaller agency right now, and I don't mean smaller as in like, you're still, you could still be top 100 or, or top 200 or whatever. Um, I would be looking for ways to dominate these larger agencies, right? Because we all know that's possible. You can bring that boutique white glove experience that they just they just can't deliver because they're you know spread too thin. And so, you know, a product like this, a product like you said, Yellowbird, those are those differentiating products that are gonna set the set the tone and and you know make you win new business against the larger guys. So well the other thing too is Ryan, I mean, if you're gonna pay five grand a year, use the product, people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not a collector's item for crying out loud. You need to actually use it. And I mean I do think that what you said about having it baked into your renewal process and all of yeah. that, I mean, I'll tell you, that is one of the main reasons why I like mineral specifically is because it is literally a flat cost. You know, I know yeah. that I'm going to pay the same amount of money for that product, no matter how many users are on it. And any vendor that I really use, you know, that's the model, you know, yeah. and I think that where we get caught up is if you start seeing things where it's a per client cost, we automatically assume that it's going to be even more money. The problem is we don't add all of our clients anyhow. So yeah. it's, it's never going to work, you know, that way. So I, I do yeah. think that the fact that it's an agency, you know, an agency based platform and they can use it for both, you know, new renewal prospecting and whatever else, that's fantastic. And I did see, you know, I, I do know that you you know there's probably you know some charge it, it, some charge if you go over a certain number right like yeah. I mean they have it's, to be accurate in their bracketing but people if you're not using this at all now don't be freaking out about if you have a certain number of pros you know clients that you're dealing with and you're number one you're not going to do it for everybody anyhow yeah no you're not we, we don't yeah we we don't see agencies putting everybody on there and also it's buckets of clients right so it's like okay, you exceeded 500 clients, like we have to buy like another bucket. So it's not like onesie twosie where like, you're like, oh shit, like I just added another client, like I'm going to owe Trava money, like that sucks. We don't want that. So right. you know, invest, you get that amount of clients. And then if you hit that threshold, which we still have yet to see people, um, you know, really exceed that a lot. So, and obviously, you know, there's discounted rates as you go up in, client amount. So well I can tell you, Ryan, if I exceed the five hundred, you yeah. know, amount, I'm gonna have I'm gonna happily write you that check. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, it just it blows my mind, man. I'm interested because you've been on the and I don't want you to say anything that's gonna gonna affect what anybody thinks about you at Trava, but you know, I'm just gonna make a statement. I think that a lot of the people in our industry are far more scarcity minded than they should be. Like they're Absolutely. worried about all of this stuff. And I mean Anytime I sit and evaluate anything, it doesn't matter if it's something I have the opportunity to invest in personally as an investor or, you know, buy as a, as a tool for the agency to be able to provide my clients or any of that. 
my natural first thing is how can I make money with this and how much am I going to make? It's not yeah. how much does it cost? Yeah. And you know, that's just how, how I've always been. Not a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna say not a lot of people, but people in our industry don't really think that way very much. Right. And it's actually cost me relationships in the past because I'm so much forward thinking and yeah. optimistic and I'll just sell my way out of it versus the bean counters are like, nope, you're a cowboy, man. You're you're a riverside gambler. You're a riverboat gambler. You know, rolling yeah. the dice. And no, that's not the case at all. I just think that probably part of it too is when you start moving into middle market specifically, you know, you should have a per account budget, man. If you're yeah. not sitting down and 100%. lining out your budget of services and all of this other stuff, what like how do you even know you're managing your accounts profitably? Yeah, it, it typically rolls up to the the agency level, and it's the overall profitability of the agency as a whole. And when people complain about accounts, you know, oh, that is such a pain in the butt. They're calling me all the time. Yeah. That the other, <laughs> I remember those they're, days. They're, yeah, they're eyeballing it, man. They don't yeah. even really know that might actually be a profitable account. If the only investment is them answering the phone, maybe if they invested a little more on the front end, they wouldn't get as many phone yeah. calls. I don't know. But, you know, I just think that you need to have a budget of services. And, you know, the problem that we have is this, you know, and I don't I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but you go to a conference, you go to a trade show. How are they funded? They're funded by vendors that have this massive vendor hall and everybody walks around and they whoever has the best pitch is who's going to get the most clients. And I think that, um, you know, agencies make a lot of bad decisions because they get influenced in those situations. And it's really not the salespeople's fault at the trade shows. That's what they're there for. They're good at that. That's why they were manning the booth, right? Yeah. More along the lines of the fact that the agency never really sat down and looked at their operations and said, what are like the two or three biggest problems we have right now? And what can we... Is there anybody that's going to be at this show that solves those problems? I yep. need to go and look at it. Instead, they're flying by the seat of their pants, walking around, shaking hands, kissing babies, getting, yeah. you know, getting free, free crap that they're never going to use again. Like, <laughs> I don't need any mouse pads, people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just but and again, it's just the way that it's always been done. I would challenge anybody listening to this podcast. If you've never done this before, look at your book of business. It might take you a couple of days to get through it. But really look at every single one of your accounts that you're providing any level of service to and figure out like what are the dollar amounts that are going to that, number one. And number two, you know, what do I need? What what what's missing in those relationships that I need to deliver? And then make educated buying decisions. I mean, I went through that phase, man. First time yeah. I ever went out to innovation in in um Las Vegas, I came back wanting to launch homeowners and personal lines because I let a dude talk me into it. Thanks, Sloan. <laughs> but you know, um, how'd that go, David? <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's absolutely horrible now because yeah. now you and, and what's what, what makes it mess. even worse is we did it just long enough, you know, that, that we have lead flow that still comes in and everything else. And when you get on the phone with these people, I want to know what rock they're living under. Right. It's, apparently, none of them listen to the news anywhere in Florida because. They're griping that their homeowners went up $200. I literally had a guy last two weeks ago. I heard Nicole talking to him in the other office. And I've got a really bad habit that if I feel like she's talking to somebody in the other office and, and not being aggressive enough and how she's answering, I will get up and shout on her to her speakerphone from her office door to the person about what they need to know. And I mean, this guy was complaining. His homeowners went up 
$800 a year. Now, before all the air leaves in the room from everybody who's like, homeowners are $800 a year. I mean, that's basically doubling the premium here in Illinois. Well, yeah, I understand that. But it was actually only about a 40% increase. And I say only because that's a hundred, you know, that it, it wasn't a hundred percent, but 40 is pretty tolerable in our market right now. Uh, actually in Florida, hell yeah. That's yeah, a Florida. Is that, I mean, 40% <laughs> is actually better than getting non-renewed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this guy gets on and he's like, number one, he had this, like, it's, it, it, was, it was like, he was the personification of Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Like he, <laughs> like he had definitely been drinking and, and just banging heaters left and right. He's like, I don't think I can afford another eight hundred dollars, you know, a year. And I'm like, well, maybe if you drop the two packs of Cowboy Killers a day, yeah. you'd have a great head start, but, you know. But I told him, I'm like, well, well where are you going to go? He said, well, Citizens has a great, has a much better premium. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, you're losing a ton of coverage, man, and yeah, you I'm haven't admitted. You, you have an admitted market quote on the table. So it's kind of like you're not supposed to go to citizens if we have the ability to place it. Yeah. And he goes, well, I just can't afford it. And I mean, if you can't afford to pay the $800 a year, you're certainly not going to be in a financial position to pay for an uncovered claim. So take that information and do what you want with it. But it's like people don't understand, like, this is a major, major crisis we're dealing with down here. Yeah. And it is a it's 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 just swirling around and it, it affects literally everything. It's not limited to just the you know the personal lines homeowners market. Cyber is getting ready to be as difficult as property insurance. Oh, yeah. I don't think agents understand that. And by the way, people, you just watched what I did there. I brought it all back to the cyber because I was doing that, that was on a, purpose. A great loop. Yeah, great I was loop. doing that on purpose. But I mean, that's where we're at, man. You know, we're, we're at a point, and you brought it up earlier, loss ratios are out of control for some of these carriers. Absolutely. And it's something we've been talking about for several years now. Nobody really knew how to set pricing, right? They didn't know what the claims were going to look like. So they gave you every ounce of coverage under the sun in these ambiguous policies, and then claims started coming in. It was, it was broad coverage, cheap price, which is always a recipe for disaster in the underwriting world. So now they're getting to the point where they're getting up Certain classes of business, good luck, MFPs. If you were that good at cybersecurity, you'd great great renewals, you know. But <laughs> yeah. it is it is what it is. And I think that agents really need to stand up and pay attention to what's happening here because this is going to be something that is going to cost people business if they're not proactively dealing with not placing cyber insurance, but giving the good risk management resources for cybersecurity yes. in general, period. Yeah, David. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. You got me all fired up, but doesn't sound like it, man. You sound like just, you just like chugged a bottle of Nyquil before we can. Came we just, on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I my voice can't get monotone, so I apologize about that. <laughs> but I, um, can we just go ahead and just cancel all conference like goody stuff? Like, yeah, I, I just want to like take um, it. I'm, I'm gonna go up to somebody's you, vendor table, I'm gonna enough. just take a big handful of it. I'm just going to throw it in the trash and just look at them and see what they do. Yeah, no, seriously, man. Why don't, let's just get rid of all that crap and pass the savings on to the people you're trying to sell to. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it is, man. It is. I, I um, But yeah, it, it's all about uh, changing the mindset from reactive to proactive. If you start there, you're going to start winning. Uh, you know, obviously the value add stuff afterwards is huge, but you're able to go to the client, avoid that last minute renewal nightmare with cyber insurance and able to sell that, you can win right there. That's the first step. 
Second, third step is, okay, now that I'm able to do that and I've mastered that, how can I leverage, how can I bring uh, more value to them throughout the year, increase my client touch points? You know, we only get uh, like four touch points a year with our client, I believe is like the average um, as insurance agents. And so, you know, if one of them, the renewal process is spent with you scrambling and, and spending so many hours of your time trying to get them a cyber insurance quote, not only are you wasting time not prospecting and getting new business, but your client's not happy with you and they think you're not bringing, um, yeah, they don't think you're bringing value, right? So um, they, they could go out and shop for something else and, and you're just creating a, a window opening right there to lose the business. So, you know, if I were an agent, I would start with that change to proactive rather than reactive in cyber insurance. Hundred percent. So, listen, man. How do they get a hold of you as we wrap up? We've been going about an hour. I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah. How do they? How do they get a hold of Ryan Dunn? Yeah. Uh, obviously, email Ryan at travasecurity.com, or you can call me on my phone nine five four five nine nine three four seven four. Shoot me a text. Call me. Whatever. You know, I'll blast that out there, and I'm easy to grab. So. Yeah, we don't have we don't like have the swipe right, swipe left for vendor recommendations on power producers yet, but we're working on like a Tinder integration or something we can hey. use. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get a lot of swipe rights. Yeah, these are the guys. This is the guy we're recommending and just let him let him swipe right. Yeah, Anyhow, right. And honestly, I don't know if left or right, which one's good, which one's bad. Never been on no, the app. Although I do know that uh, I'll give him a shout out right now. Ryan Keating on literally every app and dominates every single one of them. Like he, he has it also very much dialed in when he travels to change his profile, to search for where he's going to be is, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> like, like my, like single me from a couple decades ago could learn so much from the game of Ryan Keating. It's <laughs> man. This guy's famous. He's putting respect on the Ryan name. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. And coincidentally, you actually somewhat resemble him. Kyle and I've chatted really quick. In the back channel, he's like, this guy reminds me of Keating. So maybe Keating's just on. We need to have him come on again. The problem when we had Keating come on is it took him like 45 minutes just to talk about all of his life's experience and work before he got even to where he was in insurance. That's how much crap this guy's done. I told him I felt like I was interviewing. Yeah, I told him I felt like I was interviewing Forrest Gump, you know, when we (laughs) talked the first time. Because it was like that much. So, oh man, and you were the the lady on the bench when he's trying to yeah. dig into the story. Yeah, <laughs> or or the entire movie for that. Yeah, matter. right. <laughs> so, anyhow, well, listen, man, I want to thank you for coming on today. Send yeah, Jonathan my guys. best. You know, we're gonna yeah. have to get him on here. You know, I may have to call him out for hiding a little bit and say, you know, put on your big boy <laughs> pants, come on a podcast, Jonathan. But um, come listen, on, Jonathan. people, the, yeah, these guys are these guys are legit. It's a, it's next level. And I highly recommend you reach out. I've had a chance to poke and prod at the tool a little bit prior to coming onto the podcast. And I'm really excited to see what you guys are going to be able to do and how you're going to be able to change the game for so many of these producers out there. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. Travasecurity.com, Ryan.dun, two ends because one is not enough. Yeah. And get reach out to him and get <laughs> oh. you his cell number <laughs> and just bury these guys because yeah. you need products like Trava. Talk to you guys later. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, 
thekillingcommercial.com. 